to Down City Cash Chicago. The Bears' home opener is this Sunday against the Bengals. And we got a little peek of the team when they got wiped by the Rams last Sunday in L.A. I brought in WBEZ Cheryl Ray Stout and Axio Chicago's Justin Kaufman to discuss exactly what week one means for the Bears' long season ahead. Jacoby's on the ledge. I'm a fan. Cheryl's a reporter. I'm a fan. I just, but this is, I speak for the fans. If you, I guarantee people listening to this be like, I agree completely. It's Wednesday, September 15th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. All right, it's just one week, but the defense looks slow and confused at times. The offense lacked creativity and big play instinct outside of my man running back David Montgomery and rookie quarterback Justin Fields, who got the entire city dreaming of better days, is still playing second fiddle, starting quarterback Andy Dalton. Your return guest, so we don't have to do much in terms of uh, chemistry building. Usually I got to do about five minutes of compliments. Y'all know that we're grateful, and that's why you chose to come back. So I'm lucky to have WBEZ sports reporter Cheryl Ray Stout and the new co-author of the Axios newsletter for Chicago, Justin Kaufman. Welcome back to CityCast Chicago. Thank you for having us. I'm, I'm still waiting for the butter up. Is that ha- That's not happening? That's not, I thought that was happening? <laughs> yeah, I can't give you five minutes like my new guest, but I give you 30 seconds of it. Justin, I'm really excited for your new role. I've been grateful to come on your show back when you were with uh, WGN. And Cheryl, you know, I told you right when we first got on, I'm always glad to be in the, the legendary uh, sports den. You got more sports memorabilia behind you than I have lives lived on this planet. And there's more in boxes. <laughs> right. Um, and so I'm glad to have both of y'all in here because today we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. So I wanted to sit down with y'all to see what are y'all takeaways from the game. Cheryl, I'm going to start with you. And for me, one of the things that was Uh, sort of a high and low of the game is the offensive line both played better than I expected in the run game, but we also had injuries, two injuries to left tackles that left us shorthanded by the the time the final whistle blew. How did you feel about offensive line play on Sunday night? The area that worked was the interior of their offensive line, and that's that's the best part of their offensive line to allow David Montgomery to go up the middle, and that gave them the ability to run. But when you lose not one, but two left tackles, and that's your blindside tackle. That's the guy that's got to help you keep the sack from happening. That is huge. And that could be one of the reasons why they don't mind having Andy Dalton getting beaten up, because you don't want Justin Fields to get beaten up. Uh, Justin, what did you think about the offensive line? The running game was good. You know, at the end of the day, David Montgomery had 16 carries. Uh, and you as a Bears fan, Jacoby, Cheryl, I know you too, you know, you're used to, if, if you get over 20, 25 carries, you feel like you're, you've got a chance to win the game. And again, they fell short with only 16. Now, the offensive line moved uh, one of the most dominating defensive lines back. They, they had them on, the, on their heels at times. Uh, in terms of the offensive line, I guess it's all, you know, like they say the old song, the knees connected to the hip bone and the hip bones connected to the, uh, there was not, uh, Andy Dalton did not attempt a pass over 20 yards. Uh-huh, and only one over 15. I, I mean, it's, that's unbelievable in the NFL. And so the idea that Matt Nagy's offense is, we don't have an offensive line, so throw four-yard curl routes to Allen Robinson over and over and over to get to a manageable third down, 
That is not an NFL office offense for now. It's terrible football to watch as a fan. It's terrible. And then it, it makes you question those in-game adjustments. The end with only 16 carries and you averaging over five yards a carry. You see it's working against that dominating Rams line. And then again, you you getting out these quick little dip and dunks and you and you getting across the 50, but you can't put it in the end zone. I didn't really think the the line, the offensive line was going to hold up. And I didn't want Justin Fields taking the brunt of that pressure because we know rookie quarterbacks tend to hold the ball a little bit longer, but he also looked exciting on Sunday night. So Justin, I'm going to get started with you. What did you see from Fields and how are you feeling about the way uh, Nagy and offensive coordinators are using him right now? Well, I'll tell you this. You watch a football game. I get a little too jacked up when I watch a football game, right? You're watching at home. You know that moment where you stand up uh-huh. To watch a TV where you get out of the couch, you stand. I was only doing that when Justin Fields I'm came right out there the with field. you. I never stood up one time for Andy Dalton. Be like, Andy Dalton's up? Oh, I got to get up. You know, I mean, I, that should be everything from a Bears fan. The idea that he comes on the field and everyone got excited. And that touchdown, and Cheryl can cut, talk to this, that is not an easy touch. I mean, people are going to say, oh, he got a one-yard run. I've seen Mitch Trubisky get rung up at that point, you know, trying to make a play like that. That burst at the end at the one-yard, he, ta- he, he was stopped short. And because of his athleticism, he's in the end zone. So I think Justin Fields should start. I think he's the best athlete on the field. I think it's ridiculous that the Chicago Bears are like, you're the best, but you still got to be seasoned. So we're going to keep you off the field. Come on. <laughs> he's the best athlete on the field. No, I, I, I said in my prep doc when I wrote down my thoughts on Fields, I was like, I am open to being swayed. And that is a very good argument because we write, nobody in their mama is saying that Andy Dalton is the better choice, the better quarterback out there. We got plenty of data on Andy Dalton to let us know he is who we thought he was. Uh, Cheryl, what did you see out of Justin Fields, and, and did it get you excited? Did it make you infuriated about how the Bears are using him? I'm a reporter, so I don't get excited. I don't get infuriated. I just watch the facts. <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry. Um, he had only five snaps, but I think he would have gotten more had they had been in a better situation or maybe be ahead. I think that would that was going to be the template for this particular game. And his athleticism and his strength is why they scored. Otherwise, he would have been nailed at the one-yard line. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Here's the issue that they have to be concerned with. They can't lose the locker room. If the players in that locker room feel that they could only win with Justin Fields behind center, then they have a problem. Because if you lose the locker room, you lose the season. No, that's that's very important. Uh, we all know that the the chemistry in the locker room, how players feel about coaching decisions, it can make a breaker season very quickly. Um, and we should be worried about the locker room being lost because they didn't start Justin Fields. We should be worried about the locker room being lost because the defense sucks <laughs> and they suck so bad that they used to be the ones that would be in the locker room like, "You better play a good quarterback because we can't be out there." They were terrible. They were the worst they've ever been in franchise history. How are we not leading with the fact that the Chicago Bears defense set franchise lows against the Rams? Blowing coverages, uh, not t- touching guys when they're down, 101 peewee football stuff. 
Now, I started to get mad here, but it's like that's that's the part that I get mad about because I'm like, that Bears defense sucked. And here's the thing about the Bears defense. If they were good, they would have given the offense even better field position than they didn't give them. I really believe if the defense had done their job, which they did not, it would have helped Justin Fields' situation. Yeah, they gave up a, what, 67-yard, a 56-yard. Every receiver mm-hmm. except one averaged over 10 yards a catch. And, and it feels like a blueprint, if you will, for a Matt Nagy coach team. The, the idea that they're going to win 14 to 10 or they're going to win 21 to 20, and it's all about these pressure point plays. And the Bears don't play a game or a strategy or a formula or anything to blow anybody out. And it bites them in the ass every single time. That's why, and we knew this at the end of last year, that they just blamed it on Mitch Trubisky. But everybody, every Bears fan was like, we need a new management, new style, new offense, new everything. And they said, oh, nope, we're going to give him one more year, but we need to see improvement. I didn't see improvement in week one. I saw the same as last year, even worse. That game plan from the start, it, it lacked creativity. They were in a prime position in the second half to like put a little more play action out there. But there was there was no room, uh, obviously, in the game plan to to mix things up, to get a little more creative. And Cheryl, we, we spent a lot of time <laughs> talking about the, the down spots of the defense, uh, the offense being just sort of a little timid. But what were the bright spots that you saw? on Sunday? The first one I saw that I really enjoyed was watching the kickoff return by Khalil Herbert. We didn't know what they can do on on special teams because it was horrendous during the preseason. That was a bright spot. But David Montgomery's 41-yard run that they could could have built on. I want to bring up one thing about that I didn't like. I didn't like when you had a fourth down and long and you didn't go for the field goal because you were only down by seven at that point. That's something I had to get that out. <laughs> those choices in those particular spots were were very confusing, but I don't think we can do enough to like put more praise on David Montgomery. You know, 108 yards on 16 attempts against a team that didn't give up a 100-yard rusher who has a notorious uh, like interior defensive line. And then he had one catch for 10 yards, which left me thinking, if y'all going to dunk and dive, where the screen's at? Like, get it to the running back out the backfield. Like, uh, you know, uh, he. I thought he, I think moving forward, if they're going to keep Andy Dalton in, and even if they put Justin Fields in at some point, I think they need to put their chips on Montgomery's back, make him the centerpiece of that audience, uh, of that offense, and move forward with that game plan because... They won't. They won't. Jacoby, come on. We've watched 16 three and a half years of Matt Nagy. And the one thing that we've seen from him is complete and utter disregard for the running game. They, I mean, he has set records for the least amount of uh, attempts in a game in Chicago history. And so we can say that's what's going to win games, and we're armchair quarterbacks, and we understand it, but he just doesn't do it, uh-huh. and he's not going to change it. Now, I, my argument as a fan is then that's what we need in Chicago, so this coach got to go. The wool's been pulled over our eyes that it's Mitch Trubisky's fault. He's a terrible quarterback. He doesn't give Matt Nagy's a genius. He's a genius offensive coordinator, and it's Mitch Trubisky can't figure out how great Matt Nagy is. Well, guess what? Mitch Trubisky's gone, and Andy Dalton looked exactly like him throwing interceptions in the end zone. So you tell me, I could have blinked my eyes and be like, is that Mitch Trubisky out there? Because it looked identical to me. So that's on Nagy. It's all on Nagy now. I'm going to lose it. Aren't you quite there yet? Right. I was like, you're not there yet? (laughs) I, I mean, this is not what Bears fans want. We want to be competitive. We don't want to continue to get embarrassed on national TV. We get embarrassed. I got embarrassed. I'm embarrassed as a football fan to be a Chicago Bears fan right now. Just, I, I, 
like bro, I can't I can't say it enough. I I love how invested you are in this. Jacoby's on the I ledge. Know. I'm a fan. Cheryl's a reporter. I'm a fan. I just but this is I speak for the fans. If you I, I guarantee people listening to this be like, I agree completely. Because it's how we feel right now. No one feels optimistic about what's next for this team. Well, Cheryl, to all of the fans who feel like Justin, you got anything you could say to him to just like give them some belief or some hope moving forward? We will likely see Justin Fields starting sooner than later. They're going to see the next week or two, could be even sooner you know, than that, but I think we'll see Justin Fields sooner than I think they had anticipated. Okay. I want to say one thing about the home opener on Sunday <laughs> because I've already seen people complaining about booing, right? They're going to say the Bears fans are so fickle and they're going to boo Andy Dalton. It's not Andy Dalton's fault. I want to make it very clear as someone who has thought about booing. We are not booing Andy Dalton. We are booing the Matt Nagy experience Ryan Pace, and the Chicago Bears. The booze will cascade down from that fan base, and it has nothing to do with you, Andy. I like you. I like that red beard. I like that red hair. That's a cool look. I, I liked you when you played in Cincinnati. That's a cool. Nothing against you, man. But I'm booing the fact that this team is ill-prepared, and I'm booing the fact that we are not seeing the improvement. Even when you got the, you got the, the fan base hyped when you, when you made a move to get Justin Fields, which is so unbear to get him. And now you're in a position where you're not going to play him? Or you're going to play him five ten? Like, that's what I'm saying. The boos are coming to the organization, not you, Andy. We love you, Andy. Cheryl Ray Stout is a sports reporter with WBEZ, and Justin Kaufman is the new co-author of the Axios Chicago newsletter. Thank y'all both for stopping by CityCast Chicago to talk Chicago Bears. I mean, I, I can't say I left this conversation, like, optimistic, but I left it swayed on the Fields conversation because I was cool with Buddy sitting on the bench for <laughs> half or all of the season. But yeah, I think 0-3 and he going to be out there. Thank you. Well, forget everything I said. Go Bears. <laughs> A true Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> true Chicago Bears fan. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The city council voted in favor of a new eight-year, $600 million police union contract, which includes a 20% raise over the course of the contract. They also voted to allow virtual public comments to continue during council meetings. 45th Ward Alderman Jim Gardner, who's been under fire for misogynistic texts and allegations of retaliating against his constituents on the northwest side, apologized for the text at the council meeting. And some good news to get you through. If you've been out in these streets, maybe you've seen people flying Latin American flags. Well, that's because today is the beginning of National Hispanic Heritage Month. Today is the anniversary of independence for several Latin American countries, including Guatemala and El Salvador. And tomorrow, Mexico celebrates its independence. Remember, for more Chicago stories and events, we got you. Just sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. And that is how you wake up. I'm off the charts a lot. Hopefully that's laughter.